UX Podcast Episode 254. I'm James Roy Lawson, and this is UX Podcast, balancing business, technology, people, and society every other Friday for almost 10 years and reaching out to listeners in 197 countries and territories from Poland to Jordan. From time to time, we will bring you a repeat show. This is an episode from our extensive back catalogue, resurfacing some of the ideas and thoughts from the past that we believe are still relevant and well worth revisiting. This time, we're joined again by Abby Covert and Andrew Hinton. They're both authors and information architecture gurus. And we recorded this conversation way back in 2015 at UXLX, where both Abby and Andrew had held talks and workshops. Yeah, we were sat in room four, as it's known, at UXLX, when Abby and Andrew just spontaneously turned up at the door. (laughs) We sat them down, mic'd them up, and press record, and we captured a conversation with a great number of interesting and thought-provoking points. We're joined by Abby Covert and Andrew Hinton, uh, just popping in to have a chat with us. The door was open. Hey, guys. You're welcome. Hello. Excellent. Now, um, um, Andrew, you've, you've actually had it quite easy. You've only done a workshop. I did um, a workshop. Designing from content. Yeah, yeah. I mean, context. I was seriously jet lagged, but uh, I did a workshop the first morning, and then I've just been sort of walking around. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Abby, you've had to work a little bit more for your, for your books during this trip. Yeah, I did a workshop the first day, and then yesterday I got to give a talk. That yeah. was fun. So how to make sense of any mess was your, um, your workshop. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Which also happens to be the name of the book that we both own now. We do yeah. both own the book now, mm. yeah. Um, I hear there's a, a feud about which one is signed. <laughs> mine so is signed. I, I will sign the other one. Yeah, that's what I was. If you'd like. Yeah, mine, mine is signed. No, you, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on. Mine's signed. Purse is not. That's the way we know the difference. <laughs> so information architecture for everybody was your talk yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, which was fun, despite the um, the heat, the soaring heat in the um, the main oh, hall. Oh, it was. There. If you thought it was bad in the audience, you should yeah, have been on so that stage. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the very first thing you said in your talk um, <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> Wasn't it? Because uh, um, our world is a mess. Our world it? is a mess. And yeah. you're obsessed you with messes. Is I what am obsessed I, with yeah. messes. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I can't give my mother technical support anymore for her Apple devices. I used to be able to do that. Oh, like, yeah. are you guys still capable of doing that for other people? Like, I, f- I find it. I find it getting. It's mm. tougher and tougher um, getting through a tech support session with my mum without really hitting the wall <laughs> and losing it. Because I, I do it internationally, because my yeah. mum doesn't live in Sweden, she lives in the UK. Oh, so it's yeah. all via telephone. Um, and, and but but from, from, a user, from a usability point of view, from a user testing point of view, sometimes it's fascinating. It's, um, what she, when I'm describing something, it's, oh, well, press the, press the min- menu icon or menu button down at the bottom right. And we've, we've mm. both got Android phones, so you'd think it'd be pretty straightforward, but she hasn't quite the same flavor. Yeah. So uh, she actually presses mm. things, what she thinks is a menu, and then says to me, yes, I've pressed it. So I go, great. Now you should be able to see this, this, and this. No. <laughs> exactly. what, I told you it wasn't there. Exactly. I told you it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, you have so little understanding. It's, it's, it's like, well, it's the blind leading yeah. the blind. Mm-hmm. She's My trying, father she's describing converted a world. to Android, and I mean, it was like, <gasps> y- 
you're in different languages now. Like now he can't help mm. and he <laughs> has trouble with his and yeah. they can't even discuss it and they have to go to different stores to get their technical support and their photos can't live together anymore. I mean, it's like... <laughs> oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're having a oh. cross-platform relationship. It's like <laughs> very, very awkward. Um, God, yeah. And I don't know how much... I don't know how much we're thinking about that kind of stuff when we're making this these decisions of like how to differentiate our operating system from other operating Not systems. Not enough, obviously. Well, how to yeah. keep our content in our walled garden of, mm. of where it will be the most useful for us. Mm. Or oh, not well, caring enough about it. Abby and I are both pretty obsessed with this idea of place and placemaking and sensemaking. And uh, this is a big piece of it, right, is that you can you can make an environment be really fungible and different across so many different instantiations uh, to the point where, yeah, they're, 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 they're not, there's not a, a sense of co- coherent place. And, uh, and so, yeah, you're having to have, trying to have a conversation with, um, you know, someone about this place that they're in, trying to figure it out and make sense of it. And uh, the labels are different. The structures are different. You know. Yeah, it's no different than if I was to call someone who lives in a town that I don't live in and be like, yo, I'm lost in your town. I'm standing on the mm. corner of this and this. Yeah. Like, how do I get back to my hotel? Like, it's not that yeah. dissimilar from my mom calling me and saying, I'm trying to get these photos off yeah. of my mm. phone and it keeps giving me this error yeah. and I'm turning the wrong way, obviously. Yeah. So which way do I go to get back to an album that makes sense mm. on my mm. phone? Mm. You know, so it's, I, I believe, yeah, that, that stuff is really starting to... Where is this, right? Yeah. Where, where, where if I take this photo off of here, is it still going to be in its, the main place where it lives? Yeah. But what is that anymore? Mm. You know, right. and, uh, mm. and and a lot of the messaging and stuff isn't very clear around that. So all these ecosystems are super confusing. Even uh, to those of us who have been doing it for you know twenty years exactly. for a living, and yeah. also they're 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 evolving and they're changing at a pace which our our own mental models just can't mm. keep up with. Oh yeah. So, so you know, especially with parents and things, you see that I mean they've got mental models that were, were basically built decades ago. And they've tried their best maybe to, to overlay some of the digital world that we're working in mm. with our help often. Sure. And then they just think they've got it. Yeah. And bam, iOS 7 or, you know, or Android gingerbread or something, you know, something happens mm. and it's not the same anymore. And they don't really properly ever update their mental model. Well, to like fit watch little kids use phones. It's freaky because mm. you're going to feel like that very soon. You're going to feel like, oh, I, I finally got a hold on everything that they changed it again. Like I don't, little kids don't understand the phone icon they don't understand the film strip icon because it looks like a bunk bed like they don't understand mm-hmm. a flop- lot of floppy the disk icon. yeah a lot like <coughs> yeah the floppy disk for save like mm-hmm. that's so antiquated mm-hmm. yet we still use it because it makes us comfortable mm-hmm. but like when they're in the designer seat mm-hmm. things are going to have to change and then we're going to be in the position that our parents are in mm-hmm. now yeah. it's just like well, what is this i paid money for this it should make sense to me why doesn't it the impact of digital change is, is really underestimated. My, my, my daughter, when um, I upgraded, she has an Android tablet, mm. and um, I upgraded that to, what is it now, Lollipop. I think it's the latest version mm. of Android. Um, and they changed the notification system between the last two versions of Android. Mm. And I upgraded it, and she goes, Daddy, I, I, I don't like this. I don't like my tablet now. They, uh, I, I can't find any of the the, mm-hmm. the things that she she knew exactly where all the icons were and where it was, and they'd move completely, and some of them had shifted down a level, mm. and she just she just couldn't yeah. work it out anymore. Um, she was they clicking screwed with her taxonomy. Yeah, and she didn't that like that. That happened to me recently when I I updated the software on my Apple device, and um, it automatically like restructured some of my folder structures to like remove apps and change labels of things. I was like. 
really annoyed. Like mm. I put those things in those boxes because mm. that's where I wanted them. And I gave, I gave them labels because I wanted them to be there. Mm. I put the things where I wanted. Mm. And then Apple was just like, mm. eep, blip, just wipe it away. You, you did invested time in it too. Yeah, I did it wrong. <laughs> I wasn't doing it their way. People want to say, they keep saying, oh, well, children are nat natural with tablets, right? They're just, they're, they're, no, they're not. We just don't notice how much they're playing in order to figure it out, yeah. mm. right? Like we don't have time for that, um, so it's frustrating to us. Testing. And they don't fear mm. just trying things, right? So, so but once they figure it out, if it changes on them, they're just as frustrated as we are, right? Because they learned a system. So, but that's still the same object that's supposed to be still doing the same things, and that's what's so confusing. So, in an evolutionary scale, okay, we did not evolve to learn how a certain kind of thing behaves in the world and then have to learn how that same thing suddenly is a different thing. So this is a cognitive problem, right? That, uh, but because we can move all that stuff around, we, we do. Mm. Like, well, let's try it like this. Let's try it like that. And, uh, and it's not just, you know, I mean, people poo-poo it and they're like, oh, users have to get used to change. Well, yeah, I get that. And, and it could be that what it's evolving to is much better. But there's not enough thought given to mm. the fact that... Um, you know, you need, this needs to make sense. Now, well, the funny thing, too, is that a lot of times, even if you, ch if you change it, if you change it in a way that is coherent and that is actually better and in the structure actually makes sense, uh, people can learn it pretty quick. Um, but more often than not, you'll start with a simpler structure because the, the first earlier versions of what you're rolling out is simpler. And then as you start doing feature creep, which is inevitable, because you want to grow your user base, you want to keep... What else are you going to do other than <laughs> bloat your software? You can't just keep updating the code to, 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 to just to work on new OSs. God forbid you would ever do that, which I just wish more people would, frankly. You can't, you can't possibly be happy that the spade actually digs ground. Yeah. You know, yeah you've got to upgrade yeah, No, spade. no, you've got to add <laughs> a whirly gig yeah. and... Uh, uh, yeah, and a tuba on the handle or something, you know, because well, people need to be able to play a tuba while they're digging. And um, an LED so that it knows when you've hit the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And All a digital display that gives you analytics okay, on so your dig yesterday. Oh, this is starting to that would be really much. useful. My efficiency would go up. This is sounding too much. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is sounding too much like a design charrette that a client's <laughs> trying to have, um, where they just come up with all this crap. So, uh, uh, so point being, right, that. Um, uh, there's a lack of clarity in those structures because they're trying to still be the old thing but also cram in the new things. And they end up complicating everything. And so that the only, the only coherent model you've got is the one you learned in the previous version. So not to go too far on all this, but, it, but there, there, is a, there is a cognitive aspect to this that I think is important for us as designers to kind of understand so that w we know what we're throwing at people mm. you know when yeah. we do these things no we train our users on the interfaces that we make there's very mm. few interfaces that are natural i won't i won't mention the one that by science standards fits in but the truth is not even we learn all of it is, oh so. look at that so you know i feel like once we've trained them i think there is this inherent fear of can we retrain them like if we retrain them do we have to admit we got it wrong the first time mm -hmm. you know because like if i'm giving you money as a service to give me software or ability on the internet and you have things some way, and I've learned how to do it for all these years. Maybe I've even based my business on it, like something like MailChimp or WordPress or uh, Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, something changes. Like they, I understand that feeling of like, Ugh, even though it's bad, maybe. Like changing it might be worse mm. because of how much you've trained people into one way of believing. So I, it's, 
it's something that um, I think I asked the question of uh, Josh yesterday after mm -hmm. his presentation, Josh Seiden, about what the role of lean and things like that is in an incremental project because I'm dealing more and more with businesses that are not blank slates. It's like, <coughs> let's think of something, not even startups. Like startups already have all these words that they've decided, yeah. all these structures, they have their mm -hmm. beta app, they have the thing they sold. And it's sometimes getting people to kind of kill their darlings mm. from the very beginning. And that's what made them their money. That's mm. what got them their pride. That's what got them the house they own, like all those things. So to mm. get them to give it up can be I think a really challenging thing for the work that we do. Yeah. It's really a changing society because I mean everybody's expected to do everything online now. You do banking online, so it's everybody's getting online. So the m number of users getting online is actually increasing every month if you look globally. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a huge problem, all that you're describing and how fitting it is then that we have two professional information architects in the room. So where do we start and w how do we go about doing it the right way? <laughs> Well, you sit around and you complain about yeah. it like this. <laughs> That's the first yeah, really important step. Yeah, that's the first step. really important uh, step. Uh, great awareness uh, about the problem. No, After that, let yeah. me think. I know you're joking, but I do, I do believe that admitting it is the first step. Yeah. And I know that that yeah. sounds yeah. very much attached to other things that you hear just in life in general. But if you can't convince your organization that there is a problem, you're going to be banging your head up against a wall. So the first step really is getting them to see it the way that it is. I see way too many young uh, designers and technologists and marketers getting themselves very frustrated, running around with pictures of the way they think the world ought be and trying to convince people, this is the way it should be. Come mm -hmm. to my side of the fence. Come to my side of, of this whole thing. And all they would really need to do to sell that kind of an idea would be to listen to the people that are currently there and to get them to understand what the mess is that they're trying to solve. Because if you can't see it, like you can't understand what the value of sorting it out is. And I, I don't think that we pay too much attention to pointing out the messes because somebody that we work with probably made that, yeah. right? Or we mm -hmm. did five years mm -hmm. ago when mm -hmm. things were different. I mean, Andrew and I were talking about the mm -hmm. Information Architecture Institute website. And he was mentioning that at the time that it was designed and built, it was a time where broad and shallow navigation schemes with lots of hyperlinks revealed and the use of embedded uh, links within text was incredibly trendy. That was the way yeah. the entire internet looked. Mm. I get emails from kids today wanting to join the Institute who are offended by our graphic design choices, <laughs> thinking that this is something that like we've done recently. So it's like the role of change and the role of deprecation and technology and time. I mean, there's like all these things that are, mm -hmm. that are around the stuff that we do, but integral to the stuff that we do. And if we mm -hmm. can't get that part done, we can make diagrams all day of structures that would work better, but it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I think this ties in with um, Lisa Welshman. Um, oh yeah, that was says, such a great talk. Um, she, she says, um, you know, if, if to fix your website, properly you've got to first fix your organization because mm -hmm. that is the organization that got you to that website. Yep. So if you want to redo it, start there. Because otherwise not, they'll do it again. going to be in a cycle. Yeah. Which, what frustrates me about that is a lot of organizations, well a lot of um, agencies in our branch, that's their bread and butter. They need uh, organizations to fail digitally constantly so yeah. they can come in and take over and go, we can help fix this for you. Mm -hmm. So you, the business goes round according to you know the cycle of three-year failures with websites. You talked a bit about this as well with, with the fear, uncertainty and doubt and the rabbit holes that you mentioned that people fall into. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. People are constantly mm. saying things to me like, oh, but that's we're, that's just a semantic argument. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And if we can't agree on that one 
thing, how can we agree on anything else? Yeah. I had a, a student in my workshop um, the first day here, and he said it more brilliantly than I've heard anybody say it. His name is Uli. I don't remember his last name, but if you're listening, Uli, I remember this. He said, if we can get them to agree on the word, we can get them to agree on so much else. And I really believe that that's true. And I think people run away from semantic arguments because they're hard. And because the reason they're hard is that somebody has to bow. Somebody has to say, oh, okay, when we're talking about this in the future, I'll use your word mm. because that makes sense to me. Or I'll use your or meaning of I'll that I'll use word. your meaning yeah. of the word. Or yeah. we'll agree in this conversation that those are the same thing, but we're going to call them differently for these two, two different contexts. You know, it's not mm. about consistency necessarily. It's about purposefulness it's about deciding and not just yeah. letting it go by the wayside and, and kind yeah. of letting it lay where it is because where it is is messy and nobody thinks that's working but nobody wants to fix it either yeah. i actually had an argument in your workshop doing that first activity see and around you the, uh, around the with strangers around and you're the having arguments yeah, with them around the language. first word uh, <laughs> one person wanted to call it upload and uh, and then i realized well it's not upload really isn't it post and another person said no it's publish and so the first word we were talking about, we were having these arguments, and that was really an eye-opener for me because mm -hmm. we don't have these arguments enough. No. Because people just assume that you know what you're talking about. Exactly. Mm. Now, and Andrew and I have the mm. unique perspective of being able to go around and make people have mm. arguments like that, which can kind of make you into an asshole. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things that if you don't do that with humility and without opinion on how it goes, you can get yourself mm. into being really mm. hopped up on arguing you know yeah. i mean because there is something about <laughs> getting people to kind of go mm. there well there's this so sometimes I'll, i make the a point a lot that um uh language for us is like water is to fish right and that it's just this medium that we're in and we don't think about it um and how deep it actually goes mm -hmm. uh and we when we do have to think about it like uh explicitly uh it's it is it's challenging right it's it's actually pretty challenging to try to think through like what do these things mean how are we, how are we using our terms so this isn't just about uh persnickety defining or 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 you know what i mean it's not just about no let's just let's be consistent let's yeah. it's not just it's not consistency for consistency's sake it's um because that actually is the uh, th that's a problem on the other end of the spectrum mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um uh, richard saltwerman whom we both uh pull from a lot um has this wonderful thing where he says order does not mean this is not the same as understanding that uh just so so uh this isn't a matter of saying nope let's just all agree on these words and then we're going to be good because really the words are just uh a little signifier that's connected to this whole root system Mm. that is connected to business rules and uh, cultural baggage and legacy beliefs and database politics <laughs> and yeah and yeah the way things are named in a database even um, or the way marketing wants to talk about things versus the way that advertising wants to talk about things um, and so this becomes an entree into some really difficult conversations um, that that the organization has to kind of deal with and that they hadn't necessarily had to deal with before because it used to be that their channels were siloed comfortably. Mm. Uh, they didn't have to make everything kind of make sense as this sort of like ongoing ecosystem, right? It, 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 um, they, they could just sort of these static, these put these static things out in the world, these broadcasted things. And um, that's just not, you know, it, it's not going to happen anymore. So, uh, the language becomes this uh, map that everybody has to be able to get onto and everybody understand what, what it is. And, and then the, they're just the signifiers that stand for these tacit, deep alignments that have to happen. So a lot of our jobs really become that. 
um, in terms of what information architecture can do. It has, it has an awful lot to do with just, it's, it's, a, it's our version, I think, of the way Lisa was talking about it, right? Which is um, getting the organization aligned on what it is that they're doing and what, what they mean by stuff. Yeah. When it comes to language and structure, what are you guys going to do here? Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, right now I'm, I'm dealing with uh, a organization that has acquired other organizations. So it's like each one of those organizations has their own language yeah. entirely, like from what they call mm -hmm. their, their employees to the words on their interfaces to the way that they interact with customers on like a billing perspective and back-end systems. I mean, everything, the way that their analytics are tracked, all of it. And then on top of it, the con companies happen to be in different countries. So it's, oh, wow. it's like the cultural baggage of not just the organization, but then also the cultural baggage of the culture and the language differences, the time zone differences, the differences of work styles just between the UK and America or oh, any of mm -hmm. the other countries in America. I mean, it's, there's stuff there. Um, and kind of getting people comfortable with the idea that like, yes, this is almost seemingly impossible. Hmm. Like how would you take four organizations and just go smoosh and make one and get everybody on the same page? And there's, I think, a couple pieces to it. One is letting them know that there's not going to be a Monday where we flip a switch and it all changes. Because mm -hmm. that would be destructive, that mm -hmm. would be irresponsible, and that would be a fool's errand. Like we would all be, we'd be setting ourselves up for far too much risk and, and eventual failure by doing it that way. Mm -hmm. But what's scarier is instead, we have to take steps towards it every day for like five years yeah. mm -hmm. to get it done, yeah. which means it's not a project, right? Yeah. Like, like Brad was talking about, it's a program. Yeah. It's, it's not a thing that you're doing once, it's a thing that you're feeding constantly. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that his thoughts on, on uh, kind of the atomic level design and molecules and components was, was just uh, spot on with mm -hmm. the kind of stuff we're talking about. Like what he's doing for user interface elements, we're trying to do with language. We're making Lego bricks out of language. And yeah. we're saying, how are you mm. going to snap these together? How are and you've got too many of those. Those all mean the same thing. What are you doing? Mm. Mm. Um, and it's, it ends up to Andrew's point in everything. Customer service scripts. That's my favorite one. Those are the hardest to edit. Help files. Mm -hmm. You change your verbs. Yeah. Think about the impact of that if upload became post. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not a find and replace. English doesn't exactly. work like yeah. that, unfortunately. Well, even bigger is, and I know not to stay on this too long, although this is kind of everything. Um, <laughs> that, uh, so the, a client I worked with for a long time last year, um, they, they sold you know, credit card uh, processing stuff and, and maintained it and had that relationship with merchants. Um, and they called them merchants. Um, but when we got down to it, they really didn't know what a merchant was. I mean, that sounds ridiculous because, of course, they know. I mean, there's merchants and they sign contracts and they pay money. Um, but, but in terms of how you define that in terms of your database and in terms of uh, the way you communicate with them and in terms of um, classifying them, right, uh, and what information do you need from them, what are the core pieces of information in order to know that you've defined that in, 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 your, in, in your systems, um, because all their processes and everything depend on the stuff. Well, it turned out they were gathering stuff that they didn't even need to gather, but they were gathering it because of legacy reasons way back, and they just kept gathering it. And they had whole business processes using it in two or three different ways, in, 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 assuming this, this department thought it meant this, this department thought it meant something else, right? Incredible waste. And, and then uh, down the line, like a year later, something would happen, and then somebody would have to scramble to figure out what the problem was, and it was because all this wasn't aligned. Mm. Um, <laughs> Dan Klein calls that because reasons. Because reasons, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're just, you know, uh, but they're so busy just trying to grow 
and make money uh, and get more merchants, you know. And uh, so, I mean, this was a central, and, and it took forever, like saying, but you guys, you don't know what a merchant is. And, and they were like, well, yeah, we do, yeah, we do. And, uh, and then finally it, t finally, it dawned on everybody, oh, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it is. Um, so they, they're going to have to stitch that together, right? So we did that. But it's often anyway. a core thing like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's it, mm. it's not like some peripheral term that everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, like half the company understands that and the other half does. It's like, no, 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 it's the one thing that's like their number one customer or the number one thing that mm. they do, like mm. the value that they bring mm. is just this fuzzy ball of we don't really know and everybody has their own idea. And that gets really scary, mm. especially yeah. as you grow, yeah. you know, when it's small teams are pretty good with fielding that ball, but big teams it starts to feel like a game you don't want to play. I think that's one of the one of the things I've been thinking about this week is just the whole. I mean, we we're all, we're all, we're all we all know our speciality. We all know our thing, and that's one of the, you know, the reasons we're here is because we've we've got a background. We're good at stuff we do, but we we know also that like you said, with language, structure, research, setting goals, design, um, build, all of these things. Are, there's a hell of a lot that goes into them. And we're 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 pushing this into all to sprints, and we're shoving stuff out. We've got minimum mm. thi minimum this, minimum that, because we can just do it without you know, mm -hmm. we just do as little as we can just now. We know full well that half the time that means it never gets done. The kind of mm. the full on research, the real proper care and attention that maybe going to in a proper structure for something, it's not going to happen because you've gone into that sprint and you'll never mm. meet the back of again. How how <laughs> can we get out of how can we make Stop. this work? Yeah, exactly. How can Stop. we make this work? How can we make everyone understand well. the, the true value yeah. of, of doing it right? I think you just ha we have to talk about it. Mm. We have to talk about it. We have to call it by name. We have to give it a name, and when it has a name, it has a place in our mind. And if it doesn't have a place in our mind, then it, it doesn't exist. Mm. So right now, businesses do not consider information architecture to be a thing they have already. They think about it as being something that they might buy if they had more money to go get fancy consultants like Andrew and I to mm. give it to them. It and that's so not fancy. what it is. Yeah, it like turns usability out testing as well. Same it turns thing. out they're yeah. sitting on an information architecture mm. right there and yeah. they've got one already. And guess right. what? It's not doing what they need it to do because mm -hmm. no one thought about it. And it became it's almost like if instead of making a plan for this building, they just hired a bunch of bricklayers and they were like, just show up on Monday, bring a brick and put it where you want. I mean, that's mm. basically how we're constructing that's what they many did, of the systems yeah, yeah. that we're doing, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, some, some buildings do look like they were constructed <laughs> that way, and those are not the f ones that we want to dwell in well, for so much the, of our the lives. The language, uh, the language that most still organizations are trying to solve this in is with interfaces. So um, what they'll do is they'll be like, okay, well, make some wireframes and, or whatever uh, comps prototypes, uh, sketch some stuff, and, uh, and, and that's what we're going to use to figure this all out. And the problem is that that's actually a very poor proxy for figuring out something like, well, what is a merchant? So, you know, for example, um, this company I was working with, they were launching a whole thing they were called Simplify. It's a simplified way for merchants to enroll. Well, what they did was they just took some of the fields out of the form and took fewer fields up and made it look nicer. Uh, which really wasn't solving anything. It was just a, it was a facade. It was putting whitewash on a, on a rotten window, you know. Um, because underneath, you still had all the same problems. All they were going to do then is just add more problems by making it so that when, when they did gather that information, it wasn't actually what they needed. It was just fields that, that, that were named things. Um, but but they, they made an interface, and they made it simpler. Well, no, not really, right? So everything underneath mm -hmm. it still had to be figured out. And... Uh, 
so this is a big part of what we do is 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 just trying to get at this idea that um you can't you 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 try to string you, you try to stitch together some kind of interface a software interface on top of business rules and definitions and and processes that don't actually make any sense and you can't fix it with an interface right you you if if, if you try to oversimplify it then you're just going to be obscuring important complexity that is just going to screw you up it's just going to come back to haunt you so you either have to fix that complexity or you have to uh, and make it simpler or you have to figure out a better way to instantiate that complexity to people. Um, but ideally, a lot of times that complexity is unnecessary, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the complexity that's there is not, a lot of markets, a lot of businesses, they have intrinsic complexity, meaning that there's no way around it, right? There's gonna be, it's, there's some things about what you do that are just complex. Um, running an airline, for example. Mm -hmm. There's stuff about that, the logistics and all, those are gonna be complex. You can't make that simple. Um, but you sure as heck can simplify or, or, or decomplexify um, some of the other things that go on around that, right? The way you name stuff. So like when I'm, and, and this is an example from my book, but uh, you know, you show up at an airport and like, uh, I've got a gold Delta card, but I'm a silver, uh, you know, uh, medallion member. And there's sky priority, which is like a whole other label, but it actually contains some of the medallion things and some other stuff and then there's it's like I don't know what I am right I don't and then I've got the TSA pre or not and then um, and then I've got a seat that's like a comfort plus seat or preferred seat and it used to be you get a comfort plus seat it didn't really change how you can only get into zone one which would sound like it's the first zone it's actually like the fifth <laughs> uh, and then, and then so just that right just yeah. the, the the framework of language that they have accreted like this, these, these barnacles that have grown on that over time mm -hmm. have has gotten to be such a labyrinth for people. It's like a, uh, the barrier to entry to that go, world. Yeah. So you, you go to like huge. Delta customer forums and these long time flyers and they're having long ontological debates mm -hmm. about what all this stuff really means mm -hmm. and what the rules behind it are. And in some degree, they're, it's like they're primitive peoples trying to figure out what the stars <laughs> mean or, mm -hmm. or what the entrails of a goat are saying. I mean, they're making guesses because really it's becoming almost algorithmic at this point. Like from one week to the next, you don't know what these labels actually mean. Just like on Facebook, you know, you, you can go, well, uh, most recent. Select most recent on Facebook, and what do you assume that means? It means all the things my friends post in reverse chronological order, okay? No, it's algorithmically driven. You may not see a whole bunch of stuff that your friends are posting, even with that. There is actually no way to see everything your friends post unless you actually go to every friend's feed uh, and I think there's some other tricks you can use by making groups or something where they don't algorithmically change them. Anyway, so you see what I mean? Like you're re this is getting. This isn't just again just tidying up. This is we're, this is a huge layer of our reality that because of digital technology, it it it, it can really get crazy mm. in ways that the physical world just can't just because of the nature of atoms, right? Just so, that with yeah. Facebook as well. I mean, I've got. I've most recent, I've got a couple of friends that in years ago, um, they got a bit ranty about certain topics. So I, cl I clicked on that option that gave you the chance to just show only most important. There was like different levels you could set people to and the frequency would alter. Facebook removed that, right? But I've got people that are trapped with that setting. 
<gasps> and and, I've, and I've, I've looked, I've actually searched a little bit because some of them are thinking, well, I, you know, I want to pull you back out of that kind of rabbit hole now and I want you back in my field. I don't see you ever. And I, I did some little research and apparently the only way for me to get them back out of that hole, I've got to go in and like loads of stuff on, the, on their wall. And I'm not to teach the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that because oh that's going to turn me into some insane. weird stalker friend yeah. who's just kind yeah. of suddenly like 400 things on no, their and like I, I want to believe that there are not meeting rooms of people making decisions uh. that lead to these kinds of things, right? Mm. So Con- like you mean consciously? Consciously. Yeah. Like having meetings with decks and pointing at things and going, you know what we should do is we should lock all these people <laughs> in purgatory between these two <laughs> statuses when we do this, right? Like th- that, we can probably agree that that meeting probably didn't happen, we right? Yeah. That is a problem yeah. because if that meeting didn't happen, if that conversation wasn't had, your friends end up in purgatory. Yeah. So I think that that's actually the interesting part is that the world is spending a tremendous amount of energy right now criticizing kind of the way that the world is turning out mm. um, as a result of some of these mm. things. Mm. But I don't know how much we as the people who are making these things mm. are having the conversations with our colleagues mm. about the deep, boring stuff of like, yeah. well, what would happen if this happened? Yeah. Well, because let me say this too. Because it's becoming one of those yeah. edge case is important type of, yeah. of things. Well, and the, and the interaction that you used to make that happen was very clear, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, I know, okay. Although the way it was labeled for a while was completely unclear, by the way. It was like, uh, I forget what it was. It was almost as if you were unfriending them. Yeah, it was. But you weren't really unfriending them. And then they changed the label like so that it's a little more clear that I'm just not going to see I'm really them. glad you're doing like a deep ontological study of Facebook over time. That's really good. Um, um, no, it, no, it's it's no, it's <laughs> I'm a fa- impressed. It's I, like, fascinating. Is, it uh, is fascinating because they, they they make so many wonderful mistakes, right? Yeah. That that uh, in terms of wonderful, in terms of learning, uh, it's you know, it's it's like uh, it, it's like um, like a laboratory with like lots of viruses growing yeah. in petri dishes. With the most it's, it's you just you just have to world. wear a clean suit when you go in there because yeah. otherwise that will kill you. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like so like uh, you know, and then so then you have to look at what are the forces at work, right? So there's there's their whole advertising. Model. They have a business model that's driving the way they do a lot of these things. So that that's that's a pressure in their environment in terms of the sort of choices they're making. So you know, so yeah, we're we're getting a lot of like people want to be able to unfollow people. Okay, well, so then the other thing is how do they make software? Well, the way they're making software is somebody's going. Well, pe- pe- uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of pressure from our users. They want to be able to just hide some stuff. You know, th- hide certain people. Okay, let's give them that ability, uh, and let's plug it into the thing for efficiency's sake, that's the algorithm that is showing them less of those people if they're not interacting with them. Mm. Um, so that you're fusing those two rules together architecturally. So this is all architecture, right? Mm-hmm. This is architecture for, for the behavior of an environment. Mm. The rules that mean, is, is, is this door open or not? Is this window open or not? And, um, and, and, and so they're making those decisions. And then, but there's no, there's no, the way that they're making software doesn't have a, a countervailing force that says, okay, well, if you give them that ability, then what about when they want to undo it? Right. right? Well, that's not there. Um, so, so there's just, uh, uh, this is again, it comes back to there's things in the organization. Like you can't just come in and drop in and go, no, fix all this, make all this better. Right. No, there's, there's an, there's an, uh, 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 an ecological, literally like ecological thing, because there's a whole environment that's pressuring them to do certain things. So you could you, you can make things better for a minute, and it's just going to go right back where it was. And yeah. so I've I worked with so many clients who they're like, yeah, we need some new thinking, we need some fresh thinking, we need some blah blah blah. You guys are going to help us. I'm like, you know, we're going to help you, but it's probably just going to go. You're going to end up doing the same problem, having the same problem. It's like putting a skyscraper on a swamp. You just can't. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah do it. Yeah. You're no, not, you're not, you don't around. have a solid footing. Mm. We need to get you a solid footing before we can put a big-ass building here. And sometimes that means pointing out things like, gee, the way you're actually pushing software out into the world has some problems because it's distorting your intent, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or the way that... Uh, 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 the, the way that your business model is pressuring what you're doing is distorting your, your, what you say your intent is. Yeah. In essence, so we have this common enemy, uh, and the common enemy is that we have uh, hidden assumptions that everybody knows what stuff means. Mm -hmm. And the hidden assumptions uh, are invisible, per definition. Mm -hmm. So until we actually put them on the table and put words on them, we can't argue about them. And, and become aware that, mm -hmm. oh my God, we aren't talking about the same mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to be st start doing, is actually start labeling stuff, make sure that we are on the same page, and that will take us to the next step. Mm. So, uh, so it just so happens that I have a book uh, called Understanding Context, where I talk about some of these things, and, mm -hmm. and, it's, uh, and there's a lot of pages in it. So <laughs> it goes on even longer <laughs> so than I just did. It's value for money. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of value for your, for so your yeah, buy book buying dollar, and Abby has a lovely book. I do. My book is called How to Make Sense of Any Mess, and it is available on Amazon and Kindle as well. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much Thanks for so joining us for chatting. Thank you us. both. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Thanks. Are you, ready, are you ready to be wrong, Per? I'm always ready to be wrong. Yeah. Failing is my middle name. <laughs> oh, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My name is no. Are any I'm clients Australia. listening? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no I, I, I think there's, uh, there's many, many excellent points um, that we discussed and raised mm. in that show. But I, I, I do one. One of them I like to I want to point out or highlight again now in the outro. In the outro is just be be ready to be wrong, or um, as Abby said, um, admitting you've done something wrong is a first step. You, you're not going to be able to get your organisation to understand that there's a problem. But if you haven't got them to understand mm. there's a problem, you've got no chance whatsoever of fixing yeah. it. You need to be fair and point out the mess. And, and like she said, uh, I mean, maybe you, even you or someone you like is responsible for that mess mm. because it was something you did maybe four or five years ago. Mm. But take that's responsibility. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's okay. fine. We move on. We learn stuff. And that's actually what I mean with failing responsible and failing over and over again because that's what you do. Nothing is ever perfect. Nothing ever goes according to plan. But make sure that you actually talk about what the outcome is, how you can do it better next time. Mm. and how you can evolve it in, uh, over time. Mm. Conscious decisions are better than unconscious decisions. Yes. And as you said, uh, remember to keep moving. Yes. I'm really confused people now because they probably think the show's ended. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you remember to keep mm. moving, it's the same thing. You, mm. you admit you're wrong, understand something, learn something from what mm. you did. As if you can't see it, you can't understand the value of sorting it. And, this, and I mean, design isn't a way to find the perfect solution is what that's usually what people think that you go to a designer you find a solution and that's the perfect solution for your kind of problem mm. but there is no such thing uh, one of my favorite quotes is about strategy but it, I think it fits here as well is that strategy isn't a way to find the perfect way to success but it's strategy is finding as many ways as possible to something that is not failure the um, yeah common language as well that we um uh, that, that was nice that the, the, the two information architects both uh, managed to weave in uh, words and, and the importance of words and the, yeah. and the understanding of them and the definition of them and agreement mm -hmm. upon them. It's team building. I mean, a lot of the stuff we actually discussed in some ways is, is team building or consensus, consensus building. Yeah. And even in the UX community, we don't all have the same definition of what UX is. Yeah. And that's what we're doing on the show. We're talking about it as much as possible because we're trying always to find a better definition of what we're doing one thing that I loved about <laughs> what Andrew said, uh, 
design to rats, I think he said. Oh, uh, we were trying yes. to find s- stuff to add on when you had um, uh, feature creep. Feature creep, yeah. yeah. Which is inevitable, is what he said. Yeah, exactly. Creep. Because you're always trying to find new stuff to do. Yeah. You, you're never satisfied. Mm. And so you're trying to find all these different solutions to a problem that never existed. This episode was recorded in the spring of 2015 and originally released as episode 103 of UX Podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Do you know how a penguin built its house? No, Per. I don't know how a penguin built its house. He glues it together.